Hello and welcome to... Wait, were you doing the music? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I prefer Graham's version. The, the, um, I, I like the clap stomp. That's cool stuff. Can you can you do the full routine? I can't do it, so it's... Wait, no, I, 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 AJ screwed me up. Um, classical stuff. You should know. Let's go now. <laughs> Let's, okay. None of that. All right. Oh, it's, it was all recorded, I know, though. I know. Yeah, okay, so, so this oh, yeah. is now the beginning of the podcast. I'm going to sing again. Hello and welcome to <laughs> we Classical Stuff You Should Know. I am your host. Well, one of your hosts. Sorry, yes. guys. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> new, new. He's taking um, over. I, I am one of your uh, um, fellow servants of there knowledge. Good. Yep. Uh, Graham knowledge Donaldson. Um, you, have, you made it more awkward somehow. That's true. I am joined today with Thomas Magby. Howdy. The Dean of Student Life. That's me. And with AJ Hannenberg. That's me. The um, Dean of House Mueller, mm. English teacher, mm. fine dresser. Mm. Uh, although, Magby, you 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 uh, look pretty good, too. You, you can dress well. Thanks. But isn't Donaldson the one who's like the best yeah, dresser? Yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't like even compare. Yeah. That's well, that's very, very fun of you. Yeah. Uh, that was the result I was hoping for. Okay. <laughs> you were fishing and it worked. Yeah. Um, and as maybe you can tell from being hopefully a longtime listener to this podcast that me, Berg, and Bees, well, we're friends. Yeah. We yep. are the Bergs and the Bees. Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> come oh up with that on the spot? I did. Oh, oh my oh. word. Yep. Well, All right. I mean, we've had Donaldberg as our, like, true. celebrity name and Let the Bergs and the Bees. never be spoken oh, of again, oh, although, <laughs> although we are now. publishing yeah. it in the world. Anyway, oh, so but if you've been the longtime listener, you will realize that we are friends yep. and we have mm. friendship. But what is the actual nature of friendship? And did friendship exist know. in the classical world? Thomas, no, I were, <laughs> there was no friendship. Tiny islands of men. Yep. Yep. Well, that was a quick answer. So right, we're Thomas. done with this podcast. So see you later. School us on friendship. Uh, first, I need to apologize. Uh, I have this horrible cough, but the only thing that really brings that cough about is laughter. Oh, gosh. And yeah, so when uh, you all are so hilarious, that's why during the last episode we recorded, I was hacking up a lung the entire time. So I expect that to happen very much. So again, so yes, we'll be talking about friendship today. Uh, we will be talking um, about friendship in particular as Aristotle viewed it. He, um, uh, he discusses friendship in books eight and nine of the Nicomachean Ethics, and so that's kind of the, the basis for what we're going to be going into today. So Aristotle is a name you might have heard before, a uh, famous Greek philosopher. Uh, he is, um, so when you look at famous Greek philosophers, you have uh, Socrates. Socrates taught Plato, and then Plato taught Aristotle. And then Aristotle would eventually go on to teach um, Alexander the Great after he left uh, Plato's um, Plato's Academy after the death of Plato. Do you ever, as a teacher, wonder which one of your students is that one? Oh, I know. Like, is the Aristotle or is the? Well, oh, the or I guess the question is: Are you the? Are you? Are we the Socrates teaching mm. the Plato, or are we the Aristotle teaching someone that's going to like wreak havoc on the earth? I've got a. I got a an couple answer to that. One? Of mine. <laughs> we we play a game called diplomacy yeah. in mm. rhetoric class, mm-hmm. and we see. It's it's basically an exercise in statecraft, right? You don't have enough resources to do what you want to do by yourself, so you have to make promises, you have to break promises, you have to use diplomacy and, and rhetoric, which is why we and rhetoric, which is why we, we are allowed to play this game, and we don't get tossed out of our jobs for playing a board <laughs> game with our students. Yeah, but I've seen some students do some pretty magical things playing that was, game. Was it this year where someone signed a contract with someone else, but they misspelled their name? That was this the year. Yep, Correct. and then. Use that to uh, void the contract and then backstab the person who they signed it with. Oh, yeah. That was this year. I have also been bribed mm. in the past where I didn't promise that I was going to be impartial. And so I could give advice to all the students when they came and one would come and be like, what do you know? And I'd, I'd just feed them information <laughs> yeah. and they would feed it's me. Not against they, the rules. they misspelled their name and I'm not giving it away, but I'm pretty sure they wrote Orshley. <laughs> or Orschlein or something like that. <laughs> so was it? So that, and then their last name was equally mangled. Yeah. And so then when the contract, I mean, the contract was never going to be held up in any kind of like diplomatic. It's a high school. Court, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a like, written on lined paper. Yeah, I think it was written on like Supreme a, Court like was a not Kleenex. Going to back it up. And then yeah, exactly. The Supreme Court of Hannenberg and Donaldson yep. in rhetoric class was never going to rule in favor of this contract. Um, but it cracked me up that the names are all like garbled. <laughs> So we train them in virtue, virtue and wisdom, and then we throw that all out the window their senior year. Oh, well, it's, oh. Um, yes. Okay. I, so, well, I mean, it's, uh, 
I think it. I think. Think the, of it more like catharsis. Okay, good. They get it out. And I, I think the goal is partially to just make them understand what's happening at the state level because we these this is these are ways in which we typically don't think mm-hmm. where you have to promise resources but can you actually spare them and is there another opportunity and it just sort of puts you on the level of someone who's running a country that's and true. that's a, it's a totally different way to think so yeah. I like I think that. it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. okay I, I had no idea that you all actually tied it into the rhetoric class i thought you mm-hmm. all oh, were just sure. straight up playing diplomacy and i was like that class sounds incredible I, yeah because <laughs> so. no, they need to talk to each other and to convince each other oh using pathos ethos logos and do they, they play three rounds, one for each trimester? Oh, if they, they want to keep going, play, we play oh, yeah. one game, and if they're still into they it, we play another one. Cool. Uh, so this should instead be a podcast about board games, because <laughs> that would be really fun. I'm the faculty sponsor of the board game club, so I like board games. Uh, instead, we're going to talk about friendship today. Sorry. So uh, what's our best way to go into this topic? So, uh, so like I said, uh, the discussion of friendship starts in book eight. There's actually some belief that uh, books eight and nine were added after the rest of the Nicomachean ethics were written, because book seven is about um, like happiness and pleasure, and book 10 is about happiness and pleasure. And book 10 picks up almost exactly where book seven stops. Mm. So it's just kind of funny that there are these two books. In so this is like a digression or kind of. a later well, he, edition. So he, uh, he opens, the line that he opens book eight with is, after what we have said, a discussion of friendship would naturally follow. Mm. And so he has talked about justice. So I guess we should talk about the Nicomachean ethics is probably a good place to start. Uh, so Aristotle uh, so we talked. So trained by Plato would eventually uh, train or teach Alexander the Great. Uh, would then have to flee for fear of of losing his life. He was most proud of his works of prose. Aristotle was most proud of his works of prose. None of those works of prose have made it to us. Hmm. So uh-huh. what what we what we have in the womp womp. yeah exactly. So what we have in the Nicomachean Ethics. The um, I always mispronounce this, but the Eudaimonian Ethics. Oh, it's lecture notes. If I remember, they are lecture notes. Yeah. So they are they are notes or outlines. That, that, it's a distilled version of what he would get up and teach. Mm. Um, so um, he didn't write this. It was he did a not student? write this. Was, yeah. Okay. Oh, I think really? Aristotle's oh, okay. rhetoric was the same thing. And so when you read it, you're like, "What is happening?" Oh my goodness! Oh, it's a kid, yeah. and it's only the notes, and we're not getting the full. If my students' class notes were the <laughs> that's, that's only what, thing that remained, yeah, isn't that life, horrifying? That yeah. would be hilarious. So imagine the only thing about deep joy, Graham, from your class that yeah. would pass on is the notes that they take in your yeah. class altogether. Yeah, it's kind of a terrifying thought. Yeah. Um, it depends on the kid, I guess. <laughs> but, depends but, on the student. But this guy did pretty well. He I did mean, pretty well. Yeah, Nick McKean Ethics, mm-hmm. like, it actually, it kind of, actually, it makes sense. You, you'll see sections in there where, they, where they'll put a bracket in there. So, like, they've kind of added a sentence because it didn't make sense in the original Greek. Uh, but by and large, the uh, all the ideas flow together. It's just, it's very dense mm-hmm. because it's it's the notes that someone is taking off mm-hmm. of what he's saying. So that's kind of a bummer. Uh, and writing materials were expensive. Yeah, sure. Right. So yeah. it'd be hard for him to... And the, I, I, I'm kind of curious how it split up. Like, did he teach 10 different lectures and that's where we get the 10 books? Is this over the course of years? Um, yeah, I, I didn't see much on that. So so what is so what is friendship? What does he say about the well, let me get So let me get there. So the in general, what he's answering with the Nicomachean ethics, uh, the name Nicomachean is very funny. It's often thought to refer to his son, uh, Nicomachus, that this he wrote these lectures for his son. Graham, I recently was watching your Paideia talk on Can Virtue Be Taught? And yeah. you, uh, is it Cicero you're quoting, where he's writing a letter to his son? And it's like, if you do nothing else, uh, acquire wisdom. Something to that effect. Yeah, and I think Hannenberg's made reference to that same letter. Yeah, we talked in about that in, in the podcast a yeah. couple episodes ago. But it, uh, it, it, I just think it's interesting. Aristotle is doing the same thing to his son. He's, he puts all this material together to give to his son and say, this is what you need to know to live a good and flourishing life. Aristotle's answer to what that flourishing life looks like is the life of virtue. And we've referenced before in the podcast, uh, Seven Deadly Sins was probably where we talked about it the most. He defines virtue as this mean between two vices. So uh, courage is the mean between cowardliness and um, headstrongness, just running into every battle. Um, And justice is the mean between um, uh, giving or receiving less than one deserves or giving and receiving more than one deserves. And that's the mean of justice. So from that discussion of justice, he launches into a discussion of friendship, which is kind of a... It's a weird transition once he starts it, but somewhere in the middle of book eight, it finally starts making sense. Is, is friendship a mean? Um, we, he gets to this later of what is the virtue mm-hmm. that friendship is addressing. Mm. Uh, he will eventually, we'll get there later, but he eventually talks about, um, just because I usually say I'll get back to that later and then I never do. Uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, the, the, the beginning of friendship is benevolence. And so benevolence also... You can give too much or give too little, mm-hmm. the mean of which is benevolence. That is the beginning of friendship. So too little is being cold, and yeah. then too much is being magoo. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, my sister called it. When someone's way too nice, and they, they would walk up and say, like, hey, man, what's up? They 
grab your shoulder and say, how are you? <laughs> like, that's that's a little magoo. A little too much. Yeah. I, yeah. I've never heard it called being a magoo before. But yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of um, modern, modernizing that. That makes sense. Uh, so yeah. Th- so that would be the mean of those two would be benevolence. And then what sustains friendship is uh, is love. Is um, but it's not receiving love. It's give. It's showing love to other people. Uh, and so, I'm trying to think what the I don't believe that's a mean. the The language gets funny because if we talk about courage itself, there's no such thing as an excess of courage because courage is defined as that mean. There's no such thing as an excess of justice because justice is, is that, that mean. mean. Um, so, so it's like it's like a sweet spot. It's yes, like a pocket. It is. Yeah. Um, and so, um, showing love to others. Um, it, it is that sweet spot, uh, and that's why it sustains friendship. Uh, so this podcast can get mushy as it goes oh, on. We're just going to talk about our feelings. <laughs> I just love you guys so much. So, well, we might actually not because so friendship oh, okay. sounds like this awesome word, mm-hmm. but he he says that there are three things that people look for. So when we use the word friendship, we kind of we're gathering a lot of ideas into one with that word, and so he tries to uh, uh, disambiguate. He tries to separate those uh, between each other. And so he says that there are three things that we are looking for when we approach something that we end up calling friendship. So if you all can think about your close friends, can you think of any things that you're like, this is why I'm friends with that person? Shared interests. Shared interests. We do things. We like the same stuff. Like the same stuff. That is one of them. We'll get to that in a second. A mutual respect. Oh, so good. You got I, the best one. That I've, means you get more points than Donaldson. Oh, so, eat it, yeah. Donaldson. Oh, there is a third one. So, Donaldson, this is the final question. If you can figure this third one wow. out, you will You win. shouldn't have spoken first, you chump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I got the chance for the win. That is exactly right. Uh, living in the same town. Nah. Oh, so, no. I think, Donaldson, you won the first um, uh, quiz show that we had. So, man, Hanneberg has got one. So, you know, y'all are 1-1 right now. This is good. For keeping score at home. Uh, As ever. Yep. They all were just waiting to find out who would win. So Email us. At- <laughs> <laughs> so, so, the one that Graham said was uh, liking the same things. And so, Aristotle calls that a friendship of pleasure. So, um, uh uh, AJ and I both like going to the movies. We both like talking about movies. So, like, we both have the shared joy of movies. And so, yeah, that is a, that is a source. Oh, I think I remember what it is. Is it the friendship of, like, where we can I have it uh, written right do here, stuff so for each other? You, yeah, yeah. Like, where I, I uh, the utility. only reason I'm friends yeah, yeah. For, with <laughs> Hannenberg is because... Oh, okay. The only reason I'm friends with Hannenberg is because Hannenberg can, like, help me on my career yep. or whatever. That's good. But is so, that? Uh, yeah, that's weird. I'm not sure I would even call that friendship. Maybe I'm maybe I'm giving a bad example of utility. No, you're giving a great example oh. of utility. So, because even Aristotle kind of looks at utility, he 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 himself has questions about utility. And it's even, like a, it's like a good business partnership yep. where you've mutually benefited each other and and y- that is you the, are okay with each other. <laughs> but but it's almost the source of the friendship is well. Sorry, let's start with pleasure. Okay. So the friendship of pleasure is that. Um, you all both take pleasure in a shared activity. So shared activity is important for that. It, um, I'll come, we'll come back to it later. The friendship of utility is exactly like Graham is saying. It's that I get something out of that friendship. So we have a coffee shop here at Veritas. And uh, if I were a mean, you know, I actually really like the people who work there. But if I, if I didn't actually just like those people and I just wanted more coffee from them, I would be nice to them. I would get to know them. I would ask them questions about their life for the purpose of getting more coffee from them. That would be weirdly a friendship of utility. Does this one sometimes always... Because sometimes if you're mean, they will give you whole milk instead of skim milk. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And, and so, or and a big loogie will... right in the yeah. middle of your coffee. Yep. No. Yeah. But does this, one, does this one always have to leave you feeling icky? Like, can there be a friendship of utility that um, doesn't leave you feeling like it's just pragmatism, but it's actually like a real friendship? So Aristotle says that some people are more prone to friendships of utility than other friendships. So he has this... I think he doesn't like old people. Mm-hmm. He, he talks about... So he also uh, uses whatever the Greek word for icky is to describe the friendship of utility and then says, yeah, old people have these friendships too. Icon, icon. Yep, that's it. Icker. Isn't that from Iliad? Yeah. So even in, later he'll say, is friendship necessary? He opens he opens book eight with, is friendship necessary? And then he says, well, let's define friendship. And then a hundred pages later, it's not that long, but he comes back later and says, okay, so is friendship necessary? And to the question of utility, the answer is no. You don't need a friendship of utility. Uh, you need a few uh, friendships of pleasure. And you, if you are a good moral person, you'll have this last form of friendship, which we'll come back to in a second. So you don't need this friendship of utility. Even in describing it, it sounds icky. But you, I don't It's icky to the three of us, but 
I know people who this is the majority of their friendships, that they can do things to help people get ahead in business, and that is the only reason that they are friends with one another. Now, they are friendly toward that person, but I wouldn't, whatever. Yeah, we do even call that friendship. It's just politeness, right? But it's but it's not that you're just polite, like you're polite to the yeah, person I guess in the a grocery store, there, yeah, right? There is. There's, there's, a, there's a sustained relationship throughout time. Yeah. That, um, but it's a relationship of, of mutual benefit, you know, mutually benefiting one another. Yeah. Um, and... But it seems to lack, like, lack the heart, or lack, and lack what we, what I, what AJ was talking about, which is this last step. And that's, I think that's exactly right. I would, I think I would also say that the friendship of pleasure, it lacks something mm-hmm. also in that it's kind of shallow. If that, if the only reason that you're friends with someone is that shared interest, Aristotle talks about how shared interest is, um, an interest will come and go, and interests are kind of randomly uh, distributed if you think about it. Like some people just happen to like certain things. And so it's uh, there's a randomness to the friendship of pleasure. So these are like your fantasy football buddies that yeah. you have nothing else that you can talk about except this shared fantasy interest football. of football. Right. Yeah. Or, and then when um, it disappears, like, and then so when you it disappears, the league, you um, don't talk to them yeah. mm-hmm. anymore. Or when you're, um, or it would be like weird when your fantasy football person came up to you and was like really wanting to talk about a serious topic of life, and you're like, yeah. I'm probably are you trading me this, a so. wide receiver? If yeah. not, then <laughs> so he. To define these, he, therefore, those who love because of utility love because of what is good for themselves. Mm. Those who love because of pleasure do so because of what is pleasant to themselves. And the, the italics are in here. I don't know if the italics are in the original Greek. but And not because of who the loved person is, but insofar as he is useful mm. or pleasant. Mm-hmm. And thus, these friendships are only incidental. For it is not as, uh, for it's not as being the man he is that the loved person is loved, but as providing some good or pleasure. So it's what that person can do that they are loved for utility or pleasure's sake. It's not for the person themselves, which is also, when you describe it that way, both of them kind of feel, I don't know, they feel yeah, a little Yeah, no, it's true. They, or yeah. they just feel like, like they're lacking uh, humanity in, yeah. some, in some level. It's yeah. as if the only reason I hung out with you was to go see movies. Mm-hmm. And I, we both really liked movies, yep. but, I mean, and you kind of add to the pleasure, I guess, mm-hmm. but... Or you might feel like a weirdo just going to see movies by yourself. But, yeah. but the movie is the important thing, I guess, in that yes. relationship. Or the only reason we okay. did this was because of the mountain of podcast dollars that we yep. received. Yep. All those podcast <laughs> just dollars. That. Question mark, those, question mark, profit. Podcast dollars you can't too. see us, but when other when one person is talking, the other two of us are swimming in a mountain of gold coins. Uh, Scrooge like, McDuck. Like. Ducktails. Yeah, Ducktails. Yeah, like so we're just getting handed envelopes full of cash yeah. from so listeners. You open up the computer CD drive and money comes out just from the <laughs> internet. It's amazing. Oh, man, doesn't have a CD drive. Oh, man, oh no, that's why this isn't working Life out. of poverty. Oh, awkward. Uh, so <laughs> you got to go PC, PC Master. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's 95, baby. So that's, uh, that is pleasure and utility. And then this final version of friendship is, uh, it has different names. Um, it's a friendship of arete. Uh, uh, Craft? Kind Vir- of. Virtue, right? Virtue. Mm. Uh, it's a friendship of excellence. It's an, it's a, um, um, a friendship of perfection uh, or a, a friendship of character is sometimes it, you can call it any of those things because the word is really difficult to translate. Um, I think craft is techne. I think it's techne. Yep, you're right. Mm-hmm. So, so this is the one where it's about the person themselves. So it is, uh, you are, it, he has, there's, there's this whole side of whether bad people can have friends. And so, <laughs> sorry, sorry. And so he says that bad people can have friendships of pleasure and friendships of utility, but they are not capable of having a friendship of excellence, perfection, because they themselves do not have excellence or perfection. Whoa. Dang. Yeah. So it's it's harsh. Maybe that's why whenever you see an evil villain, all they have is or henchmen. Or a cat, right? Yeah. They just have a little cat. Or like Mini-Me, which is mm-hmm. a, an awkward yeah, relationship, yeah. but it's more like a pet <laughs> than it is like a true companion. Yeah. Exactly like right. Very rarely do you see two evil people who are in good shape and... Yeah. Well, because the thing that makes them evil is the presence of vices, and those don't lend themselves to a long-term friendship. Right. That, so, yeah. Does Agamemnon have friends? I'm just trying to think of, like, people that I would constitute as other villains or just ones that I would think are deficient in virtue. I don't know if Agamemnon is a villain. But he's he deficient a of, in virtue. He makes some goofy Bad mistakes, yeah. but he's With, he's just kind of your typical stronghead, I think. Mm-hmm. And we'll come back to you later, uh, Agam- King, Ag- King Agamemnon, right, from Iliad. Well, with all due respect, yes. I just wanted to, no, no, just to say, yeah. <laughs> can you can you please address him by his <laughs> title? No, no, I, I say that just because he, uh, Aristotle. The talks. honorifics of the office demand it. <laughs> what have I done? Uh, Aristotle talks about kings later in in, um, in book eight to, uh, to say why friendship is really hard for kings. 
um, and for really prominent people. Mm. Um, so mm-hmm. there's some other difficulties there. Heavy lies the head that wears the crown. What is that's Wait, Shakespeare. Is it, what does it mean? It's Henry the Fourth. Ah, heavy like the the He's cares of the world. Oh, heavy heavy them. weighs the heavy lies the head sleeps the head that wears the crown. And right? what's the, the, uh, cares of the world. what's the story about the guy who's had to sit under a sword? Uh, Damocles. Damocles. The sword of Damocles. Do you what know happened? this tale? No, I don't know what happened. So he this this guy wanted to feel like what it was to be a king, and so he the king's like, all right, here, and he sat him on, on a chair and then hung a sword over his head by a thread. Hmm? And he's, he's at, at any moment this thing could come down and chop your head off. Right, and then he comes off and he's like, "That was awful. That is that is the worst feeling ever. I could die at any moment." And the king is like, "Now you've felt like what it is to be a king. That's bad. Yeah, let's be kings. I guess we we'll get to government at yeah. the end of book eight too. Man, there's so much here. Okay, so that is so the only friendship that is about the person themselves is that friendship of excellence, perfection. It's I have a level of moral excellence. I see that moral excellence in you, and we encourage one another in that. We both desire um, the good for that other person. Um, so then, so whereas pleasure and utility are about what that other person can do, this one is about the person themselves. So, but surely all of these things can be present in a relationship. Like can. think of Tolkien and Lewis, yeah. right? There's there is a friendship of pleasure. They all like they both like fairy stories. Mm-hmm. There's a friendship of utility. They can help themselves write better stories. Yeah. But then there's a, they recognize the excellence and the high moral character, and they generally love being with each other. And yeah. there is that that love there that you talked about. So yeah, and and the way that you get to that friendship of excellence is not just you walk up to someone and like, you're a really upstanding guy. Like we're going to be best friends. <laughs> I recognize the excellence within you. <laughs> we must be companions. Yeah. You probably, well, though, if the person looks at you and is like, yes, you have found your like perfect person. I right? actually yeah. had somebody say that to me once. Really? This is a true what? story. I did not know him very well. I was in college and he was like a math grad student and I was an undergrad student and he came up to me and he says, I see things in you cool. and I want to be your friend. And I was like, cool, we can be friends. Yeah, let's hang out. We hung out like once or twice. It was super weird and awkward. <laughs> and the friendship did not continue. That's a bummer. Yeah. Is this the Jesuit guy from last time? No, it's not the Jesuit guy from last time. <laughs> it's a really interesting yeah. time in college, it I did. sounds like. Yep. That's, um, that's weird. I know. That's he weird. he. It was after a Bible study or after something, and he came up, and he's like, there was he, uh, it was he was very strange about it. He was a little bit of a strange dude. Most math master students are quite odd. Yeah. Um, uh, full stop. Or at least and Canadian ones. Yeah, at least Canadian <laughs> ones. And yeah, he said something on the lines universal. of like, we are going to be friends. I think it was like the, the, his lead out, his like, his opening line. I was like, But I'm you're the one who agreed to hang out with him. him. Yeah, I mean, hey. Confidence you know. goes a long way. It's, it's yep. true. I got, a, I, got a, I got a friend who does the same thing with the ladies. And yeah. I mean, how, how well would it work if you just walked up and you said, we are going to date? Not well. Probably I mean, not very well. Not very well at all. Yeah. Uh, unless you were persistent. Even then, probably not well. I mean, you got to have... You, you might have devastated good looks. It <laughs> right. needs to be charmed. But you, you got to take your shot. Man. Um, so here we are talking about... Friendship. Nope, dating, apparently. Uh, classical stuff you should know, dating advice for the that, that is a... Oh. Yep, we're putting that on the list. Dating in the classical world. Let's do this thing. Didn't you do... You did a Romeo and Juliet... Or dating advice according to Romeo and Juliet? That was just to get people in the, in the auditorium. Oh. <laughs> I didn't name <laughs> he, that He title. just talked about Romeo and Juliet. There was very little actual... <laughs> there was actually... I got an email saying, like, I was concerned... I was <laughs> upset that there was not enough dating advice from Romeo and Juliet. I told you not to talk <laughs> about my email. Why yeah. you, come on, come on, Graham. Why do you... <laughs> anyway. Uh, so the friendship of excellence is for the person themselves, and the joy is found in the person themselves, in that person improving, in that person... Hmm. Uh, Setting goals and achieving them, like in that person being successful and thriving. I, so the so this is the Nicomachean ethics named for the sun. The other one is the eudaimonian ethics. Eudaimonia is the good life. So uh, helping your friendship of your friend of excellence to uh, to live that good life, you take joy in that. Um, and even in describing all of these things, it, it is probably clear that it's it is very hard to have many of these friends of excellence um, to know them to the depth required to take joy from. Um, the things they accomplish, um, to take joy in the way that they grow. It's just, it is hard to have enough time to have more than a few of these. Does Aristotle put like a time thing on it? Him being a very thorough man. And sometimes, uh, since this is his notes, is there like a little footnote that says, this will take about five years. <laughs> I wish. Right? Like la- last time <laughs> where we were talking about Dorothy Sayers, yeah. where Dorothy Sayers said, learning Latin will help <laughs> 50% of all yeah, of your other so material. Oh, Throwing out Right, so does, does Aristotle give like have a, a timeline for he, it? And so we're, we're in book eight, and we'll spend most of our time in book eight, but book nine, he addresses what happens when you enter into one of these, mm. and the person does not live up to the expectation ooh, that you had of ooh. them. Uh, and just spoiler alert, because uh, we probably won't talk much about it, he says to, to, to cease that friendship. Um, 
Is he, this a lead-in that you're you're quitting the podcast? This is awkward. <laughs> hey guys, it's been a really fun uh, ten episodes, but no, it's not. So oh, this is episode twenty-one, boys. Hey, we is made it, it really? Yeah. Hey, let's mm-hmm. go. Oh man, the twenty-one shots. <laughs> you mean basketball? Yeah, episode twenty-one. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, uh, break up with people who are who you enter into a friendship because you think that they're going to be have moral excellence and then make shot jokes on them. Um. <laughs> so, uh, here we are. Okay, so that is those are the three types: pleasure, utility, excellence, and perfection. Something that I find interesting is that book eight starts with this de- definition of what friendship is, and it ends with the ideal form of government. It's this, it. He hmm. he is all over the place with this one, but the way that he gets to this topic, it of, was one of those lectures. <laughs> We've all had those kinds of classes. <laughs> Start rambling, yeah, and, and then the, like, then you look at the kids' notes, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> that, we shouldn't. Actually, how yeah. do we get to talking about Peter Rabbit? I'm so far <laughs> off course. Just like the metaphysical basis of Peter Rabbit. Um, all right, so walk us through it. So how well, okay. is it? Is do you think it's a relevant thing that he gets to government at the end? Yes, kind of. So we haven't. I feel we've, this has been said many times, and I feel like I haven't said it yet, so I want to say one time we, we, in the future we should do an episode on the polis. Mm-hmm. Um, so when the Greeks are talking about government, they're typically topic, talking about a smaller thing than we're talking about when mm-hmm. we say government. When I say the government is great or the government is bad, I'm usually talking about like the federal government. You know, so overall 330 million people in the United States. But that's, that's a number that Aristotle would never – like he, he would not be, be able to comprehend that many people under one government. Um, I think it's Plato who writes um, in the Republic that the size of the polis should be such that he references a character, and I don't know who it is, sorry, that his voice, everyone should be able to hear his voice when he yells. So it's it's a very tight-knit, small community. We got Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. So, oh, wow. So now, so Twitter is the reason that we can have moral communities. Wow. Okay, you've solved all of our problems. Never mind. Probably. Okay. No, I don't Wait, what? what? So, so the community is supposed to be small enough that, you know, one person yelling, you can hear them. And it's a metaphor, but, you know. Uh, the leader would be able to be, to, to, to be able know to communicate everyone. to everybody in the polis. Yeah, that's right. Right. And so now we have Twitter for that. No, we don't. Sorry. I don't. You can only yell in a certain number of characters. Yeah. And... Which please can we call an individual tweet a twit? Or someone who someone who tweets is a twit. I feel like they have like Twitter has been trying to push down this nomenclature yeah. and I feel like it's a missed opportunity. The past tense is twoted. Twoted yeah. to tweet. Y'all actually use Twitter? And then you one Twitter, tweet Graham to read articles. I do I use it more as like a content aggregator. Yeah. And then and then I always fall I sometimes do fall into the like saying sarcastic things that I regret. I feel like you got to be real careful. Like I I signed up for Instagram, but the only things I signed up for are cat pictures, dog memes, Mm -hmm. and fail vids. So my Mm -hmm. Instagram is just Mm -hmm. the greatest little joy scroller that it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Is it... It's, I see dog memes and then cute cats and then somebody falling over and hurting themselves. It's perfect every day. I like that. So we go through these different types of friendship, uh, pleasure, utility, and excellence, and... The so when we're talking about the form of government, it's this very small, uh, tight knit community. And so, of these three types, Aristotle is a little bit shady on utility, but there's no condemnation of having friendships of utility as mm-hmm. as long as you are understanding that this is what you're going into it for. I think they arise naturally, probably. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. And he he does raise concern of so there will sometimes be friendships where people are in it for different reasons. So one is in it for pleasure, and the other is in it for utility. Oh, and, sad. Yeah, that is sad. Um, so he talks about the lover and the beloved, and so one is in it for the the, the pleasure of of um, you know experiencing love, and the other is in it for the utility of I get I get money, and that would be bad mm. for the new. so like the the gold digger kind yeah, of situation. Sure. Uh, but in general, utility it, it is fine to have mutual. <laughs> Kanye is a huge fan of the podcast. I'm saying that's can we. Get Kanye references into all the rest of our podcast. That would be a success for me. So, uh, so a friendship of utility in and of itself is not a bad thing. A friendship of pleasure in and of itself is not a bad thing. And Aristotle would even say it is necessary to have some of these. He uh, he talks about the virtue of prudence elsewhere, and prudence is the mean between being a stick in the mud. Look that up in Greek. He doesn't actually say that. And uh, being debauched. There's a mean between those things. One should experience pleasure in life. Um, so yeah. So that is friendships of pleasures. Pleasure are, are good, should happen. But is it necessary for eudaimonia? Like, is friendship yes. a necessary quality of yes. the good life? He, so in book nine, toward the end, he asks the question of what about the uh, contented man or the life of solitude? Can that person mm-hmm. be complete without friendship? And his answer is uh, is no. There's a type of contentedness one can have by oneself, and that is good. And that's better than most people, but it is not the fullness of life. So you fullness are a 
uh, a lover of Thomas Aquinas yeah. who is like baptized Aristotle. Yeah, essentially. yeah, 100%. What does he say about that about that solitary life? Thinking about monastic tradition and that kind of thing. He likes it. So that does he recast that Christians don't need friendship for the holy life or whatever? I, 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 so I, I would have to read more to have a, a more thoughtful answer to this. Uh, the uh, I'm just trying to think of a way to get out of being it just, around uh, people. An analogy, for the, an analogy for the monastic <laughs> life um, is the story of Jesus with Mary and Martha. Um, and mm. so uh, Jesus comes to the house and is hanging out, and um, Mary is hanging out with Jesus, and Martha is running around doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Martha says to Jesus, yo, make Mary help me out because I got stuff to do. And Jesus says that Mary has chosen the better thing. Mm-hmm. And so that story is often used to say that that monastic life, that um, uh, commitment to Christ above activity, so the, the vita uh, contemplativa is superior to the vita activa. Mm-hmm. But the uh, I believe this is Aquinas, there's a level above that, and it's those who teach the contemplative life. So it is a teacher that is above the contemplative life that is above the, the solely active life. Mm-hmm. So I believe that's an Aquinas interpretation mm-hmm. or a, mm-hmm. that's in the Summa, but... Uh, I don't have a, a book to point to and say, this is where he says that Aristotle was wrong on this. Gotcha. Um, but there are many points in this. So Aristotle has a, um, a discussion of mothers and children, and he says that it's A-OK if a mother has a child and then sends that kid off to, like, you know, the equivalent of a boarding school. And just, like, as long as they take care of them, uh, that's totally fine and that's loving to the kid. And Aquinas would disagree with that. He, uh, he defines love as desiring the good of that person and desiring union with that person. So uh, Aristotle is incomplete in his view of love, according to Aquinas. So mm. Aquinas loves almost everything Aristotle says, but not he does not affirm everything 100%. How do we get here? So uh, government. So uh, friendships of pleasure and utility are A-OK, but you know, it's in the name itself. This friendship of perfection, uh, it requires the best of a person and the best of a, of a second person for them to experience that friendship of excellence. And so... Uh, Aristotle's view of the best form of government is the one that would promote and reward those who are good people themselves. And so it is easier to have one good person than many good people. And so he that he points to that and says, the best form of government then is a monarchy. But it's like, he describes the most idealistic form of monarchy you've ever heard in your life. It's like, this king loves his citizens and is only doing what is good for them and doesn't care about himself or keeping power. Um, it Yeah, it's just a very high-minded view of what a monarch does. There I mean, have been a few of those in the sure. past, but, but they're pretty rare. Yeah. And as I describe what, how, um, like we're doing Paradise Lost in English classes, and I describe how Milton describes what heaven is like as this monarchy, yeah. it very much is this, yeah. um, uh, where God is sort of completely loves all of his subjects and serves them to the point of sacrificing himself for them, and all of the subjects just think God's amazing except for Satan, um, and, uh, and think that, like, what God's doing a great job. And, and it sort of works with this sort of self, yeah. So, I mean, as long I, as I don't you have think... The, as long as you have a ruler who is, I mean, God, yeah. or uh, of high moral character such that they only care for their citizens. And, and I think that's true. I think with Aristotle, I think Aristotle is, is bumping up against an actual universal truth on this, and, that, that, that monarchy of the good man is the best that we can think of, yeah. the way to organize. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about how much would get done. It's one man that's intelligent that has the... Full authority. Yeah, mm-hmm. full authority and can change things instantly. It's yeah. it's a it's a good system yeah. if you didn't have human <laughs> flaws, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That's the reason we have checks and balances yeah. is so that we d- can't let any one dude yeah. screw up mm-hmm. too much stuff. But there have been other good rulers like this. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Solon was one of these where mm-hmm. they said, hey, we want you to be king. And he was like, nah, no, <laughs> don't want to be king. And they mm-hmm. sort of forced him into it and said, unless you're like, if you're not king, we're going to kill you. Mm-hmm. So if I remember right, and he so he, did he did it, and he was a great king, and he was very pious, and it it worked out. But the rarity of that yeah. kind of thing is mm-hmm. it, that, that's the reason we tell stories about it. Still, like it's such a rare thing for the king for, to be like that. Yeah, one king to Cyrus the Great is another great example. Um, yeah, I still think uh, Lycurgus, the guy who started Sparta, was one of these. You really, I mean, he, you really like Sparta. I, I like early Sparta. Yeah. I like Lycurgus's Sparta. Okay. I'm not sure if I if I was super into the militant. One later, but the way that Lycurgus set up his his country was awesome. Mm-hmm. They ate together, they worked together, they raised kids together. They his institution of iron money was one of the most genius things a monarch has ever done yeah. to keep vice out of his city. To wait, even, what's iron money? All right, so he Lycurgus collected all of the gold and silver money that everybody had mm-hmm. and instituted iron currency. 
and it wasn't worth very much. It's mm-hmm. like saying everyone only gets to have pennies, mm-hmm. right? And so if you were going to be wealthy, you needed to have some place to store all of this iron stuff. And if you ever wanted to buy something, you had to have an oxen to draw a cart to do it, yeah. right? So no one really wanted that much of it just because there was you had to have a ton to be wealthy. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but traveling people from other countries also didn't want this money. So it kept out prostitution. It kept out grafting. It kept out all of these vices from elsewhere because no one wanted the stupid iron money from Sparta because they couldn't use it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And so Spartans got really good at selling simple things, chairs, cups, like Spartan chairs and cups were like the modern, modern furniture of today. They were really good, really sturdy, lasted forever, incredibly crafted, but not complicated. They they were making modern furniture before anybody else. And on top of that, he said, everyone has to eat together. So even if you had all this extra money, there's nothing to do with it. Yeah. If you ate a whole bunch of food before coming to the common meal, everyone made fun of you for eating like a tiny bird. And <laughs> so you couldn't eat by yourself. You had to store a ton of it if you wanted extra furniture. And so in one stroke, in taking away gold and silver money, he basically evened out class differences. Mm-hmm. Everyone was on the same page. Yeah. Which is, uh, that's incredible to me that, that he could take away class difference with one, by, with one move. And I think it's a great example of what Aristotle was talking about here is that the mon- a, a good monarch can accomplish all of those things and bring about more virtue in their society uh, by passing good laws. But he can't have any friends. So, so <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, I'll go to this point and then come back to the, the other forms of government. So the, the difficulty with the king is that this kind of makes sense if you think about it for a friendship of pleasure. So imagine two people. And their activity that they do together is fishing. Mm-hmm. And one person kind of likes fishing, and one person loves fishing. Mm, been there. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, one person kind of likes hockey, and the other <laughs> oh, well, one there you go. loves hockey. Well, if we're talking about moral deficiency. <laughs> Let's, there we go. Um, and so imagine, so the one who loves hockey wants to go play hockey watch, all the time. Play hockey, watch, watch hockey, hockey, go skating. Yep. All the time. And that's like the only thing they want to do. Mm-hmm. And the person who only kind of likes hockey is like, uh, I, you know, I want to do like one hockey thing a week. Mm-hmm. So... There's an, there's an inequality between those two. Uh, yeah, and I think the person who loves hockey just will think that the person who doesn't will eventually get there. Yeah, will come around, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But in the meantime, they will, that friendship probably will not last very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so imagine mm-hmm. two people find out, oh, we both like hockey, but then they realize they like it at different amounts. And mm-hmm. so that inequality between the two will lead to the friendship um, fracturing because it's hard to maintain... Uh, it's hard to maintain that if yeah if you're like the guy that doesn't like hockey quite as much you're like dude I Make can't do another hockey game this week yeah, yeah. So, and then a friendship of utility yeah uh, in the same way so imagine a friendship of utility where one person gets a little bit and one person gets a lot mm-hmm. the person who gets a lot will want to maintain that friendship but the one who gets a little will not want to maintain that friendship nearly as much and so this is where this is how Aristotle is connecting justice to friendship is that there is an inequitable distribution between two that will lead to a fracture that will break up friendships of pleasure, friendships of utility, but also uh, a friendship of excellence. If one person is super morally excellent and one person is kind of morally excellent and is not improving themselves, um, that division will lead one, in a way, to judge that other person or to question the other person or to be frustrated at the lack of growth that they see in that other person. Um, the less virtuous person will have a better friendship if it is an equal level uh, or, you know, relatively equal amount of, of virtue between the two. And so the king being his ideal type or whatever, I shouldn't use that word because that we talked about that already, but like be, the king is this ideal figure who is super virtuous. He does not have people who are equal with him. And so it is hard for him to have friendships in that regard. Mm. So that's how he gets to that. Especially because almost all of his friendships will be friendships of utility. Yes, people want stuff he from can him. do stuff for yeah. everyone, yeah. but it's but they can do nothing for him. Yeah. So he he is always in that difficult place, and I, I imagine it's the same way with Kanye. Mm. I mean, <laughs> okay. I, I I bring it up partially as a joke and partially because it's true, right? Yeah. Kanye is incredibly wealthy. If you if he is on a track, your track will be will go through the roof. And so the number of friends that he can have is limited to a few select individuals. Right. Right. Only, uh, what's, what's the new guy? What's his name? Did you were asking the wrong two friend people, my friend? Oh man. Uh, Is he close with chance. I know that chance, chance. You were asking the one wrong person. But, uh, he did DNA and he did, uh, Kendrick. Yeah. Yeah. Kendrick Lamar. So I feel like they, Kendrick Lamar and DNA. I like like hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Kendrick Lamar and Jay-Z and those guys can be friends with Kanye. But I could, I could never be friends with Kanye. Because can, of that inequality. Yeah, I can yeah. give nothing to him and he can give me rides in Lamborghinis. <laughs> right? So there's this, like, no matter how much I want, and Kanye, if you're listening, please be friends. With I him. do want. <laughs> yep. 
around it's, the it's just not going to happen. Like yeah. the, our friendship can never be equal. Yeah. And so the more, and this is a point that we came across in East of Eden, as mm. we talked about it a, a couple of days ago, is he talks about how greatness is lonely, yes. right? Every man must choose between greatness and loneliness yeah. or mediocrity and friends. Wait, wait. And that wait. is why I just aim for the middle. Yes. <laughs> no, but then you, you said that's funny, but it's it's kind of true. Like if we are supposed to be on the quest of improving our moral character and becoming uh, more virtuous people, are we not then in a way condemning ourselves to a life of less friends? Uh, like if you, yeah. if you put all these pieces together, if if the good man can only be friends with other good men and the good men are rare, are mm-hmm. we just going to be uh, um, lonely? Yeah, so I would say, so the ethics are improved when they... Um, when Aquinas baptizes it, whatever metaphor you want to use there, when they, when, um, when mm. Aristotle meets Christian thought and they come together. So when I hear this description of the friendship of excellence, I hear the, I hear, I hear the church. Christian brothers. Yes. I yeah, hear, yeah. um, uh, I hear small groups. I hear Bible studies. Like I hear the people, uh, pushing one another on toward that moral perfection on mm. toward putting on the character of Christ, starting a podcast, starting a podcast to talk about things like Aww. this and to disseminate this. Yeah. Well, is it kind of what we're trying to do here? It is. Sharing this oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. And I mean... Um, in the way that you all, like, so maybe really, keep honest and... So really, we're this in this for more friends. Yep, that's like it. We, Please, the more people that Kanye, listen to the podcast and... Yeah. If you are out there and this sounds awesome to you, come to Austin, Texas. Come work for Veritas. We'll, we'll come work for Veritas. Yeah. We'll build a little village. Uh, we'll <laughs> eat together. We'll pay you an iron. Uh, <laughs> uh, probably quite literally and uh yeah make this thing work that's so, man. um so uh just to start moving toward landing it uh so uh uh being a king is very lonely and uh but still it's great to have a super moral person with lots of power monarchies are great the opposite of a monarchy is a uh is a tyranny uh, a tyranny is one where there's a supreme leader but he does things for himself and uh or I'm sorry, Aristotle has this funny line where he says that the um, the opposite of the best is the worst. And so his best form of government is monarchy. His sixth best form of government is tyranny. His second best form of government is uh, ruled by Aristotle, aristocracy. It's like a BuzzFeed uh, article. Uh, <laughs> top six forms of top government. Top six, like, <laughs> six forms of government you won't believe. Exactly. <laughs> forms of government ranked. <laughs> Good. But uh, so uh, I've... Aristos means the best. Aristocracy is ruled by the best. So it's a very it's a small group of people, and again, they are virtuous people, and so they are considerate of those who are governed. And uh, the opposite of this is an oligarchy. An oligarchy is a small group of people who are concerned with their own interests, and so they rule less well than an aristocracy. And then the third best form is a temocracy. Uh, temos um, uh, is a reference to like uh, courage or virtue. So Tim rules. Tim, Tim, <laughs> yeah, Timocracy and Aristotleocracy, and then and Monar is the first one. It's like a Godzilla monster. <laughs> Monar, what? Okay, so uh, a Timocracy is a rule by a larger group of people than an aristocracy, but again, a virtuous class of people. The idea that he, he's kind of getting at here is um, like a soldier citizen. Uh, uh, when Aristotle talks about the virtue of courage earlier in the book, courage is only understood in the context of battle, and so. Uh, democracy, the most virtuous, the most courageous people would be those who uh, are soldiers. They have learned about courage. That is, is how Aristotle thinks about it. And then the opposite of a, or not, yeah, the, yeah, the opposite of a democracy is conveniently enough, a, a democracy. Uh, hmm. So the one that we have. Uh, so we're number four. We're number four on Aristotle's list of top six Crushing best it. forms of government. But, uh, but it is the best of the worst, which is a fun observation. And then I, I had a conversation with our um, uh, government teacher, um, uh, Mrs. Castillo, who uh, he, she knows the ethics so so much better than I do. And I just kind of brought this up, you know, democracy being the fourth best, ha, ha, ha. But uh, these top three are his ideals. And this is kind of what we've been ragging on Aristotle for. Like, it is really easy to imagine a, re- a great monarchy. It is hard to implement a good monarchy. Mm-hmm. Same with an aristocracy. That's kind of the French Revolution. They thought, I mean, whatever. They had an aristocracy, but they were not ruling well. Um, in a democracy, I guess you'd probably look at Sparta, um, that they had this rule by the soldier citizen, um, and then they also did not last forever. Mm-hmm. Um, so democracy is kind of in the real world. What's the one that has worked out best? And, and that's democracy. Um, so it also, um, whatever, these, these better forms of government promote 
uh, virtue in us. Uh, they bring out the best in us. Uh, Aristotle's concern is that tyranny, oligarchy, and democracy bring out the worst in us. And we, and Twitter was brought up as like a joke before, but I think that's kind of in the same vein of like uh, uh, Twitter is this is a democratic social platform in that anyone can use it. And so we see largely the worst of human nature through that. Right. Same with YouTube comments. YouTube yeah, comments. And yeah. On top of that, you also have it's the anonymity of it means yeah. that you can also have you know like like. Uh, Scruffy dude 420 can be like talking about you in comments yep. and uh, saying terrible things. You Please tell me that's your YouTube name. That is not. Please tell me. It's like the worst, worst case scenario for democracy yes. is everyone gets to be anonymous and yeah. do what they want and have their voice heard. Yeah. And so in that way, Aristotle's right. So he's his his question is not what is the most politically efficient form of government. His answer is which form of government will bring out the best in people. And I, I think I think he got it. Like I think he nailed it of saying that democracy. Like, and again, whatever, democracy can bring out the worst in us uh, when we think of it, like in the social media platform, particularly, that when anyone has access to to saying whatever they want to, there are not great parts of people that get expressed. Um, and I think Twitter and well, YouTube comments point to that. Really is well. it now I'm but an immigrant to this fair nation. Mm. But is, is it Thomas Jefferson who sort of had I'm paraphrasing because I don't know the quote, but that like our form of representative government does not work insofar as we are not moral. Hmm. Is that? Is that a Jefferson? I can't. It's a good know, quote. Like it. I don't can know. We just, I don't can know. we just give you credit? But for there's it? something there. I remember. Isn't that true about every across, form of government? But I mean, speci- more specifically, so for this, because of of because uh, um, it's the rule of the people, the rule of the majority. If the majority of people are like dirtbags, and you're gonna have a dirtbag yeah. uh, uh, laws. Yeah. But that's still true. I mean, even in monarchy, if, if, if it's a, yes. but if the king is. It's way worse. Bad. It's way worse. If or if the king pop- is mm-hmm. if the king is virtuous and the entire population Popul- is evil, then he's fighting against a rising tide, and eventually they're going to kill they're him. They're going to kill yeah. him, right? Okay. Right. So even even in the ideal, if the entire populace is not virtuous, we've got problems. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, that is large, you know mostly book eight, but kind of book eight and book nine uh, of Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics, talking about friendship. But uh, it is as always a pleasure to have friendship with you all and to likewise be on this podcast. I, well, I hope that th- I feel like this is a, a podcast. I mean, a podcast, a friendship a podcast. of a friendship of, uh, of of what was it? Of excellence. Excellence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm I am I care about the things that uh, we can do for one another, yep. and we have the same common interests. But I feel like yeah, that there there's a higher uh, that your growth as as godly men is something that that, that, that I, uh, yeah, I, I care, care about. about. Sure. And there are certain imbalances in the things we like. Yep, like I, I generally like any movie with swords, horses, and explosions. I like pretentious movies. And Maggie likes pretentious like movies. Really and pretentious. Donaldson doesn't like anything, apparently, that happens in the movie. I do. I just... <laughs> like I, hockey uh, movies? He's I got high love, standards. I love high, hockey movies. I just get frustrated at movies that um, are, like, they, they just sort of signal the plot very easily. Like, We're going to talk about Last Jedi happen. right now? Can Why, we do classical stuff? Let's oh, not sorry, get into it. Anyway... So, Hannenberg, in your tradition of ending a podcast with a commonplace book quote, I have one. Yeah, I get it. I picked it before the topic, so I don't know. It doesn't really ring true, but this Mm. is a little bit of the story. So this is uh, William Marshall, otherwise known as William the Marshall, um, on his deathbed. He did that. Now, (laughs) You know that he was like, call me William the Marshall. So William Marshall was a knight. He was considered one of the greatest knights, the flower of English chivalry. And he served five kings in history. Well, you told um, me about this guy. This guy's amazing. Um, he was a young man under Henry II, and then uh, Henry II's son, uh, who's Will, I can't remember his name because he died before he became, he was like technically king but died. Anyway, William the Marshal was also the ruler of England while Richard the Lionheart went on his crusades and fought in France and then got shot with, in, a shoulder, in the shoulder by a man uh, wielding a frying pan. True story. Wow. Um, and died. Uh, and then Prince King, then King John, who was one of the worst rulers in all of England, and then King John's son was Henry III. And William the Marshal was an old, old, old man uh, when Henry III became king at age nine. So Henry III is king, and they and England had just come out of this huge period of incredible turmoil where Prince John, King John, was not a good person. Um, Still to this day, there's children's nursery rhymes that, that go, King John was not a good man, and not a good man was he. Wow. Yeah. Um, and Magna Carta came out of the, the evil reign of King John. Anyway, William Marshall, on his deathbed, he was the mentor to Henry III, and this is what William the Marshall said to Henry III. <clears throat> I beg the Lord our God 
that if I ever did anything to please him, that in the end he grants you to grow up to be a worthy man. And if it were to cause that you followed in the footsteps of some wicked ancestor, <clears throat> your dad, John, <laughs> of some wicked ancestor, and that you uh, and that your wish was to be like him, then I pray to God, the son of Mary, that you die before it comes to that. Oh, wow. And little King Henry III, either very pious or very terrified, replied, Amen. <laughs> Amen. For <laughs> yeah. And then William the Marshal died. Um, and he died. That was his deathbed speech. Wow. Um, because he had seen so much in his life. Anyway, William Marshall, awesome dude. And that's... It's um, a good story. Yeah. He's got lots of awesome stories. Is that where, from the Winston Churchill stuff you're reading? Uh, part of it, but I also read a, a book just on William Marshall's life because cool. he's fascinating. He once yeah, got in crazy. a fight... Um, uh, and uh, he got so beaten up that uh, his metal knight helmet uh, was dented and stuck to his head, and he had to go to a blacksmith, and the blacksmith had to, like, use pry the head off of him by putting his, like, foot on his shoulder and pulling it off, and he, like, oh. hurt his neck. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Good story. Anyway, William Marshall. <laughs> you, that, you hurt my neck. <laughs> Forsooth. Hurt my neck. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So we, this is, that has been classical stuff you should know. Uh, you can reach us at classicalstuff at veritasacademy.net. You can also check out our website at classicalstuff.net. We've got some paintings to go with the episodes there. It's pretty much, you know, the episodes are just the same ones you're going to find on <laughs> iTunes and on Google Play. We're not on Spotify yet, but hopefully soon if they ever check their on, email. <laughs> yeah. If you have ideas for subjects that you'd like to see covered, if you have something you've been wanting to hear uh, that you know we're familiar with, we can we can sort of jump on that. We're going to keep on putting stuff out as far as we know. We haven't even gotten to talking about individual books so much. Mm, that's true. And that's that, true. I'm, I'm sure we'll get there eventually. So if you're We've a teacher... We've got a list of student requests that we need to get really? through as well. Yeah, I, I just got a bunch of them on Facebook. So cool. we got some student requests that are coming. Uh, just be patient. We'll get them all out. We record these as often as we can because we honestly just enjoy doing it like, this is fun. really fun for us and it's been sort of a pet project and we are still just completely dumbfounded that we have listeners yeah like that is astounding to thank us. you for who are you people yeah yeah why i like <laughs> yeah we're we're just so thankful that you guys listen and hopefully it, it's not just a friendship of utility with you out there <laughs> so they get something from us they, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that, oh, that it, there is a friendship most of certainly is <laughs> and and so yeah we're thank you for listening and uh, we appreciate your patronage i guess yep. and uh and once again kanye mm. if you're listening uh we can be friends <laughs> I, will, I will carry a, i will care about your betterment so that's coming kanye we need to just have you re- do the thing and record that so i can stop using actual jazz <laughs> yeah all right thanks thanks see you later